Wheels? Yeah. What's what's going on? Well, I'm, I renewed my AAA membership and got a trip tick nice. to prepare for our towns and cities show. Okay. So, so our, I'm just mapping stuff out, how it, how it looks on the map for the cities and towns show. Okay. So did they give you updates on where there's construction and where there's road closures and things like that? Oh, crap. Screw that. All right. I'm going to use my phone. Okay. We'll just start the show. Vinyl Peeps, we've got a great show for you today. Vinyl Peeps, you like that? I love it. <laughs> you, just, you just keep rolling these out. I it's a, it. it's going to be a great show. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Gonna, get your maps out. We're going to do a little traveling. Yeah, we're going to do some traveling. Get your compass. Get your sextant. Ooh. Yeah. We're, we, I guess we're going to jump on a sailboat. <laughs> yeah, we're going over the big sea. <laughs> so tell us a little about what we're doing today. Well... Uh, we were trying to come up with ideas for shows and Jason and his lovely wife, Rachel brainstormed and they came up with the cities and towns. idea. I love it. I do too. And, and when you start digging into it, it's amazing how many there are. Do you a little factoid here? Do you know uh, what the top two cities that uh, have been written about in song are? I'll give you two guesses. Well, there, there's top two, so I get yeah. two guesses. That's that's good. No, I'm going to give you two guesses because you're not going to get them right. I'm going to say Manhattan. New York, so that's one. Yep. Well, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And L.A. You got a 50%. You failed. London is actually uh, number two. That was the other one. Yeah. But if you think about it, um, New York, Manhattan, you hear songs about it all the time. London, Clash, London Calling. I mean, I, I think we kind of take for granted sometimes the the subject. We hear the song and we it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. And we don't really think about it. But um, when you dig into it, it's really interesting to see the places that, that bands and artists write about. Yeah, cities and towns are maybe as popular because you start going through. I mean, at one point, I was just pulling out records out of my collection and looking, and it's not hard to find artists who've written about cities and towns. No, because I think, you know, maybe next to love songs and and writing about another person— you know, you're you're writing about your surroundings. You're writing about where you are, where you've been, or where you're going to. So, and some of these are legendary. Absolutely. So, I think that you should start us off with your first place, and I will grab the Vinyl Ventures record Ooh. from the stand. So, the first one. Oh, jeez. Now this thing. Uh, this is the residence and this is one side Buster and Glenn here is the other side duck stab and of course you know it's it's two records in one Woohoo! Gotta what else that. what else would you expect from the residence you've got this guy stabbing a duck he's in an apron looks pretty ominous really 
Anyhow, Duck Stab leads off with Constantinople. Oh, nice. Constantinople. Most of you probably, well, I'm not even, I don't even know if most of you probably know, but the- uh, um, TMBG. TMBG. It might be Giants. They might be Giants. Covered the song. And that was a that was like their first huge hit. Yeah, it, it really took them into the- the well-known stratosphere yeah. and their versions a lot different than the residents. Yeah. The residents version is probably irritating to many. <laughs> so thus why you have it. Yes. I mean, I love the residents and it's uh, here. I come Constantinople. I am coming Constantinople. That's not much different than the residents singing the song. Oh, that's funny. So is this two EPs, or is it an LP and an EP? Uh, I don't know exactly how it's categorized. I think it's, well. Because I think this at the bottom, it says um, the seven songs on the Duck Stab side of this LP, so it's an LP. Yes. Were previously released as an EP. Yeah. Okay. So I just, so if I could it, read, I could answer my yeah, own it was It was a separate EP, but now it's one LP with... Two distinctive sides. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I I can look at this. I can look at this side, this side more than the other, and say, well, there's a record Wheels would like. And yes. I don't even have to know <laughs> yeah. what it is or who it is. Yeah. I If I saw this side only, I would buy it for this side only because the guy stabbing the duck yeah. is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any residence stuff. It's not something that anybody really seeks out. Mm-hmm. They've, they're different. Yeah. It's art music. It's yeah. like art film. It's art music. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. I, I love it. Have you had this for a long time, or is this a recent find? No, I've had this for a good bit because Constantinople. I love their version of that song. Yeah, and it is, it is like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> so you just like the stuff that is challenging. Not it's, necessarily the stuff you can put. I mean, you do like atmospheric, yeah. like relaxing stuff too, but like the stuff that is just begging 90% of us to just turn it off. Yes. I'd, I'd love to have a listening party and put on the residence and see how many people were left <laughs> at the end because there wouldn't be many. <laughs> That's they great, can, man. They can be grating. What's the... Uh, what's the uh, Buster and Glenn? Is, is the dog Buster and that a picture of Glenn? Yes. Yeah. Cool. That's what I thought. <laughs> now that I have never seen that, never seen it, never heard of it. Oh, the Constantinople. Well, I've heard that song, but I, I love "They Might Be Giants." Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know the Residents did a different version of it. Well, I'll put a link in the uh, in the description. Okay. And uh, cool. Probably get some people upset <laughs> or Beautiful. happy. Awesome. You're up. All right. Well. I'm starting with one of my favorites, uh, the Jayhawks, XOXO. This came out in 2020 and right in the heart of the beginning of, of COVID. First off, I love the cover. I was going to say, I absolutely adore this cover. I would probably buy it for the cover. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very distinctive. Obviously, a woman hanging out, laying on the floor and going through her records, which we've all done. I usually don't have a skirt on when I do it, but, you know, there are those times. The reason that I brought this is because the first song, This Forgotten Town, and this is 
this is kind of a Jayhawks return to form. They had they had done a couple records and you know they never necessarily stayed in the like Americana folksy thing. They kind of got a little more electric for a few albums and then kind of veered off a bit. And this is kind of like their return to form. And I I was like waiting for this to come out and it did. And I believe if I can check it. Okay, so no, this isn't the one, but I do have an autographed copy of this. Oh. From all four. So you have two copies. Yeah, because I I ordered this upon release and then the autographed copy became available and it it was like maybe 10 bucks more. So, uh, but this Forgotten Town starts the record off. Dogtown Days, which is another town. Uh, Living in a Bubble, Ruby, Homecoming, Society Pages, Illuminate, Bitter Pill, Across My Field, Little Victories, Down to the Farm, and Looking Up Your Number. This is a fantastic Jayhawks record. And I, almost any of them, I think I could recommend as an entry point because I think they're all that good. Now, there are the early ones, obviously with some different people in the band. And, and though people usually look at those as the real Jayhawks album, then Gary Loris uh, kind of took the band over and took it in his own direction. But I think that any of them are, are a good place to start with the Jayhawks. The, the whole art design of the front and back of this is just Brilliant. It, it looks like it's straight out of the 60s. It does. It does. I mean, all, all the way down to the woman's hairdo and kind yeah. of her clothing and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I love the name of it. XOXO. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, round hype sticker, which, as we all know, is bullshit. Verboten. But, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, it's a great record. It's it's one of my favorites. They're just one of those bands for me. Um, you know, everybody's got those bands that, that can Check almost all the do boxes. no wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. What's your next? Uh... Well, I'm going to keep it keep it weird. The Dead Kennedys. We've talked about the Dead Kennedys many times, and this is fresh fruit for riding vegetables. Oh, love it. And the last song on the second side is a cover of the Elvis classic "Viva Las Vegas." <laughs> It is great. It and is great. Uh, Viva Las I, I Elvis is great, but I love their version of Viva Las Vegas. It's just everything the song should be. Oh, it's mean, been used in films many times. Has it? Just because I think it was used in um, uh, the Hunter S. Thompson Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost positive it was used in that. Oh, I'm film. sure. I'm sure. Because really, the Dead Kennedys and the way that song goes kind of captures that whole what was going on with Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, too, because is Jello like an anti-drug guy? He may be. He may be kind of straight edge. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of... And he may have turned into being kind of straight edge. I don't know that he was always that way, but. I mean, I think that that is an assumption about a punk band. Yeah. That's so, you know, just against the grain that people would assume that. But I think they also might not assume that he is as smart of a dude 
yeah. as he is. He's a he's a very bright guy with a lot of opinions. And I think he would not afraid to share them. Yeah, if you take him to the to a bar, you're going to get in a fight <laughs> with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I love I love the Dead Kennedys. Um, I kind of got into them through a friend who who was a real punk guy in high school. Yeah, never really listened. And then that was at the time when, when Jello was full force into his spoken word stuff. So it was kind of hard. It was kind of a weird like foray into the band because I'm getting introduced to the artist and the art at the same time. And usually you have a little time to like dig into the art before you learn any of the interesting things about the artist. So 80 to 81, huh? Yeah, this was their debut album. Yeah. And they don't have a whole bunch of releases, mm-hmm. but I mean if you're going to check out the Dead Candies, this is the one to get. Yeah. I mean there's I mean all kinds of let's see if I can read the songs. It the, with the texture on the record it makes it It makes very it difficult. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it kicks off with Kill the Poor, which is brilliant. Forward to Death. When you get drafted, let's lynch the landlord. Let's lynch the landlord. Drug me, your emotions, chemical warfare, California Uberalis. Uberalis. Uberalis, California. I kill children. That's kind of scary. Stealing people's mail. That's always fun. <laughs> fun land at the beach. All. Uh, Ill in the Head and Holiday in, in Cambodia. Classic. So. Absolutely. A couple classic. of states and a city. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> country, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You just got uh, yeah, a bunch Yeah, a country, of... a state, and a city. Yeah. You ca- Trifecta. Yeah, you got, the, you got the threefer, man. That's a good one. That's a great one. I love the, um, I think that this is a photo of riots in LA. Yeah, the LA riots in 67, yeah. 68. Yeah. Um with the cars on fire and everything. Yeah. Why so, wouldn't they be? Yeah. I mean, they're not afraid. They're they're not bashful about I mean, Frankenchrist is another one. Yeah. They're they're definitely a shock band. I yeah. mean, that that was their goal is yeah. to shock. Well, I mean, in at a time when those types of bands are becoming more and more popular, post-punk era you had to do that to kind of get your name out there. And they really did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. What, uh, what record company is it? Well, they, they bounced around by a bunch, were on a bunch of, this was a cherry red. Okay. And they were, they were on a couple of different labels because I know they were on, um, uh, I think they were on the, uh, uh, residence label, alternate tentacles. Alternative tentacles. Alternative tentacles. That's right. You're right. That's a good one, man. I dig it. Well, uh, full disclosure, I pulled out Little Criminals today because I thought I Love L.A. was on this record, and it's not. But it just so happens that the the song that starts this record out is called Baltimore. And nice. we're talking about Randy Newman's Little Criminals. I got a little blood on my hands. Um and Randy Newman, this is his fifth album, by the way. 
Randy Newman is one of those pop stars that is almost an anti-pop star. I mean, most people now know him as the composer and the guy who scores movies. But, you know, in the weirdly in the 70s and 80s, he was kind of a pop star. I Love L.A. was one of his big songs. And on this album as well is his biggest song, I think, Short People. Oh, yeah. Which is you know, is it a novelty song? I mean, it, there's such a dry sarcasm to most of his music. That's a perfect description of yeah. his music, a yeah. dry sarcasm. And, you know, maybe not just sarcastic, but also kind of shoehorning in a little social awareness. You look at his catalog, you look through it, you listen to the songs. I mean, there's a lot going on there so obviously he's a very talented musician and composer his voice you know some people are on either side of the fence about it he's always been one of those dudes that just stood out I remember listening to music when I was growing up and scratching the hell out of my mom's Beatles records you're welcome Mr. Russell bam boom got it in there and I would hear him I mean, you'd be listening to pop radio or top 40 radio and Randy yeah. Newman would come on. You'd be like, what is this? What is this guy so, talking so about? So just for uh, his distinctive sound and being placed in the middle, you know, kind of that singer-songwriter era that he was. Yeah. But also a pop star, you know, oh, yeah. kind of, and now a composer and, you know, a very respected musician. So very interesting dude. And uh, I, <laughs> I love L.A. is not on this record, but Baltimore is, and it's a, it's a good song. I oh yeah, gave it a, a recent listen. So yeah, and then, I always I always enjoy his stuff when I hear it. Yeah, I don't have anything right because I keep looking for stuff at a reasonable price. It you don't see a lot of it out in the wild. No, and I don't think he like sold a million. You know, I don't think he sold millions and millions of records. Right. Um, so I think that the people that were fans of his kind of held on to him, bought the records, and they still have them. Yeah. Another interesting thing about this is that the lyrics are on the back of the record. And that doesn't happen a lot. No. So not That's only do one. you get the not only do you get the track listing, but you get the lyrics. So so Randy Newman, Little Criminals. The song is Baltimore. Nice. What's your next one? Next. Oh, by the way, Keith and I just worked in Baltimore for a week, so that's a oh. little uh, tie-in there. We've got tie-ins out the wazoo. Speaking I'm, of tie-ins. Okay. You know we love tie-ins. We do. And callbacks. So. Oh, yes. This is Glenn Campbell's greatest hits because mm -hmm. this is the only one I have Wichita linemen on. So there's Wichita. There's Wichita. There's Galveston. By the time I get to Phoenix. And by the time I get to Phoenix. Yep. And just to keep things, you know, tied in, mm -hmm. here's by the time I get to Phoenix. Oh, yeah. I've got that, too. Yeah. I've got the Capital 75th version of that, and I've got an original pressing of that. Oh, not yeah. I think that's an original. Yeah. I mean, Glenn Campbell, going back to what we were just saying about Randy Newman, I mean, originally, Glenn was the session guitarist that played on everything. Yeah. He was in the Wrecking Crew, 
probably played on a thousand songs and then became a pop star. Became a pop star and really starting in the late 60s, he had a TV show. Oh, was that in the 60s? Yeah, it started in 69. Okay. The Good Time Hour on CBS. I'm sure it was on Sunday night. All those variety shows were were on on Sunday Sunday night night or Saturday night. Yeah. I don't remember that because I would have been... Well, I wasn't born then. No. Well, that's why you don't remember. Yeah. Well, I know that they showed it in reruns, but I just yeah. I just never caught it. I remember the first my first memory of Glenn was when Rhinestone Cowboy came out and just exploded. Oh everywhere. yeah. And that's when I was just like a little country bumpkin. He wrote some hit songs, that's for sure. Yeah. And just a fantastic most people don't know it, just one of the best guitarists. Yeah. So R.I.P. Glenn. And uh, wasn't it funny that Wichita lineman, the Guns N' Roses, covered that song at the concert? I don't know. Such a weird song to cover. I don't know if funny is the word I'd use. (laughs) It was bizarre. I mean, the whole, we don't need to go on, on a tangent about the Guns N' Roses thing, but it's like, Maybe instead of playing for three hours, be a little more selective about this. I mean, I know you're, I'm sure part of it is wanting people to feel like they've gotten their money's worth, but they've been back together sort of for seven and a half years now. Yeah. We don't need a three hour show. Give us a two hour show. And if you're, if you're saying I want to play for three hours to make people feel like they're getting their money's worth. I think they'd feel like they were getting their money's worth if you played for two hours and didn't play songs that just made people go, huh? What? So anyway, yeah. I love the Kmart hype sticker. Yeah, I kept the, the, it was in the shrink. I usually don't like shrink, but I thought this was important. Well, you can do like I do and cut that out of there and put it in there. Well, but I mean, it just, it's so pristine. It's it's iconic. Yeah. Kmart. What year? Look at this. $5.98 Five ninety eight for the original release, mm-hmm. and I got it for two bucks. Man, you you did a good job. What year did this come out? I don't know, but you can write to his fan club on the back. Yeah, you can write the, to his fan club. Yeah, I just yeah, a lot of records. I'm gonna guess the seventies, right? Yeah, for the um, greatest hits, sure. Isn't it strange how a lot of album covers were these extreme close ups of of people? Yeah. It's just an interesting choice, but I mean, it, you know, you see it, there's Glenn. There's Glenn just staring at you. Yeah. Looks like he's, uh, looks like he got the upholstery from his grandmother's couch and made a shirt. That's a good shirt. Yeah. And that's a good one, man. Another Glenn on the back. I, I almost grabbed, uh, Glenn because, uh, Wichita lineman. Yeah. And, and I have family in Wichita. So, oh, yeah. See, there's, there's <laughs> and you didn't, and there's endless yeah. tie-ins. Well, like I like we said at the top of the show, not when you were uh, mapping out our sail across the Atlantic, <laughs> yeah. But at the beginning of the actual show, what I had talked about was there's so many. You know yeah. what I mean? There, you end up having to pick, parse them out because yeah. there are so many. But that's a good one, man. I'm now I'm gonna have to go home and listen to Glenn Campbell while I put my house back together tonight. Yeah, this is, and his, this is a, a greatest hits that's worth having. I mean, because there's so many great songs oh, on yeah. there. And he's such a great musician. Um, Billy Joel, The Stranger, probably top to bottom my favorite Billy Joel record. Uh, just a powerhouse. The cover is weird as hell. Can I do a, a review? 
what is going on? Yeah, well, maybe. Don't spoil it. You can do it next time. I, I have no idea. He's got the boxing gloves because he used to box. There's, I, I don't know, the mask that they all wear. Kabuki um, mask, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just creepy as hell. That's and like the striped sheets. It's like a V for Vendetta mask. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the hell's going on. And then you have the guys in the on the back at a with Phil Ramone, the uh, producer, uh, at a restaurant. This guy's looking at his beer. I mean, just, there's... It's just very different. Yeah, there's oodles and oodles of, of questions unanswered with this. But the reason that I brought this is because m- probably my favorite... Billy Joel deep cut is Vienna. Ooh. And it starts out the second side. And it, it is just a great song. I think my, I was surprised that my wife knew this song, like when we first started dating. And I'm like, because I, I was listening to it or something. She's like, oh, I, I know this song. And I'm like, how do you know this song? She's a little younger and, or more than a little. But um, <laughs> apparently there's a version of Vienna in the Jennifer Garner movie, 13 Going on 30. Oh. And that's how she knew the Billy Joel song, even if she didn't know it was originally Billy Joel. Huh. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Interesting. But this is, like I said, this is a powerhouse of a record. I mean, this is right when Billy was just, you know, on his on his ascent. This came out in 1977. I would have been three. And you still... Obviously, he hasn't done new music since 1993, uh, at least new music, pop music. But um, you, there are standards that he plays on this record. So which release was this for Billy? Wheels, I'm glad you asked, because it's his fifth record. <laughs> <laughs> this is his fifth record, released September 1977. Um, his previous album, Turnstiles, had kind of not sold that well and this came out and it just you know it starts out with moving out anthony's song the stranger just the way you are huge song scenes from an italian restaurant which might be where they are yeah that's it (laughs) it's a scene yeah an italian restaurant Uh, because look at the family yeah yeah. and then you got the air duct back there nice job photographer uh vienna only the good die young she's all She's always a woman. Get it right the first time and everybody has a dream. Like the last two songs are lesser known tunes, but still just great. I love Billy Joel. Um, I've been fortunate to see, I think I've seen him five times. Wow. And um, I've, I heard that because he's got that residency at uh, Madison Square Garden, I've heard that that's going to end next year. So he's, because he's basically playing monthly shows there and has been for years. Uh, but that's going to end next year. So I think my wife and I might try to make it to see one of those last shows. But yeah, Billy Joel, always a favorite. And he's also, he's also often compared to Elton. The thing that's different between him and Elton is Billy writes the songs. Billy plays the piano for the songs, writes the music, uh, writes the lyrics, sings. So he's like, you know, a quadruple threat. Elton writes the music. Bernie writes the songs and Elton plays, but still they're both, they're both fantastic. They're both, um, two of my favorite artists that I hold very dear just from when I grew up and they're both J names. Wow. A J double threat. Yeah. Yeah. Look out. 
since we're in Vienna, we're going to stay in the same continent. Okay. And we're going to... Is that Africa? <laughs> we're gonna, is this Toto? We're oh. going to fly on down to London. Oh, my god! And talk about the werewolves uh, of London. Uh, Why are you bleeding, by the way? I cut my knee doing some home repairs. Mm, tragedy. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to fill out a form. I think so. Yeah. We'll have to... Hey, go ahead and print those off, Keith. We'll uh, we'll have them signed, and one of the uh, union bosses will have to initial it. So tell us a little about Warren's Excitable Boy record. Excitable Boy. So I, I've always loved this picture of him, yeah. just like down here in the corner. The song originally started out as a, a joke mm-hmm. between uh, one of the Everly brothers and Warren. Really? No and uh, they were... The, the gist of it was they were encouraging him to create a, a song and a dance. <laughs> nice. And uh, I guess he wrote the song in like 15 minutes. And it's like the most identifiable piano part ever, I think, in a song. You hear yeah. that and you know it. And the, the song, I don't know if because of the song... The the film came out, but the song spawned a movie. Did it really? Yeah, oh, the Werewolves crazy. of London, huh. or American Werewolf in London. Yeah, American yeah. Werewolf in London. Yeah, this is his third record. This was released January 18, 1978 on Elektra. And you know who plays drums on this? Mick Fleetwood. Does he really? Yeah, I did not know that. Ah, oh, Lawyers, Guns, and Money. Oh, what a good record. Johnny strikes up the band. Roland, the Headless Thompson Gunner, Excitable Boy, Werewolves of London, Accidentally Like a Martyr, Nighttime in the Switching Yard, Vera Cruz, Tenderness on the Block, and Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So what I was going to say was Wadi Wachtel is the producer, but Jackson Brown is also a producer on this record. That's great. I think I was going to grab this, and I was certain I had it, I don't have it. You don't have it. No. Isn't that weird? Ah. And I love Warren Zevon. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, He's another one of those great songwriters like Randy Newman. Yeah, just like off the beaten path. Like yeah. how, I mean, honestly, I gained a new respect for Warren when Blues Brothers 2000 was being filmed and Paul Schaefer left the show to, to film and score that album uh, or that movie he couldn't be involved in the original movie because of his contract with uh, NBC, I think. Anyway, for that time that he was gone, Warren led Dave's band. And I gained a whole new respect for him at that point. Um, he, he's another dude, you know, had kind of a troubled star, had, had some demons uh, and battled those his whole life and obviously died way too young. I think he's been gone for almost... 20 years now. Yeah, he he reminds me of somebody like Harry Nielsen, who everybody on the music inside loves the guy and goes to the guy for advice. Yeah. But he just never really made it huge. Mm -hmm. This now, uh, Where Was London was a top 40 hit, which that that ain't bad. No. That pays the bills. Oh, yeah. And it just keeps coming back. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I think Kid Rock did a song that sampled the piano part yeah. recently. And 
it's I think in that same song he did Sweet Home Alabama, so he's got a two for yeah or a three for going there. But yeah, Warren's music, I think the longer we go, the more people are being introduced to it. And uh he definitely deserves some respect. What a what an interesting dude. Yeah, and it's just you know, you don't see a lot of Warren Zevon albums in the wild either. Uh-uh. I mean, it just doesn't pop up that uh-uh. much. And I look in the Z's a lot because, you know, I like a little guy named Frank Zappa. What do you got? Where are we going? Oh. We're going to go to the little West Texas town of El Paso with Marty Robbins' gunfighter ballads and trail songs. Now, when I was a kid and I was like knee deep, neck deep in country music, I knew this song. I knew El Paso because it like had a life of its own, right? Yeah. I think most people have heard it and they they at least know the song. They may not know it was Marty. Um, and I've talked about this record before too. All of these are kind of those cowboy songs uh, and just super identifiable. And I had an old copy of this and this is like a newer press. I think I got three or four years ago. But this kind of gets the uh, jazz treatment on the back with like a, a bio. Absolutely. Like new liner notes and the original liner notes are right here. But all of these songs, Big Iron, Cool Water, Billy the Kid, 160 Acres, They're Hanging Me Tonight. I don't need to go through all of them. But El Paso, um, when I think of songs that kind of set the stage in a place, it's like at the top yeah. of the list because you know it's a story song yeah he's not talk singing sorry wheels but it's a story song and there's just so much like packed into that like two and a half minutes under three minutes you know he he sets the stage tells you where he is what's going on you know uh tragedy ensues and then it's the end of the song it's it's amazing it's the guys that can write those story songs in such short bursts are super impressive to me. And this is this is one of those albums that is highly desirable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. it's I mean, it, even by rock and roll people. Yeah, people just seek out this album. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. I mean, I love putting it on just to kind of as a as a palate cleanser sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I think I've, I've probably listened to this one two or three times since I got it. And I just, I love the picture of him. That's a great cover. Drawing his gun on, yeah. on the cover. And there is a, I, there is a second uh, volume of this album. Oh. And, and I do have that. It, I think it's more Gunfighter Ballads and Trails nice. or something like that. So, but yeah, it's a good one. I'd recommend it to anybody that, you know, just kind of likes a little, it's, it's really not even country music. It's almost, uh, what would you call it? Like trail songs. Yeah. But it <laughs> kind of has a mariachi feel, has like a Southwestern kind of feel. And you're right. A trail song. Gunfighter ballads. <laughs> and a ballad. I like that. They have the songs all right. on the front cover. Yeah. And they're easy to read. Yeah. Me too. And I do believe that that's the order of them because sometimes they'll print songs on a jacket that aren't in the order. Sometimes yeah. I'll alphabetize them or I don't know what the hell's going on there, but yeah. And it's also in stereo fidelity. Ooh, that so makes it better. It does. It does. Marty Robbins, gunfighter ballads and trail songs. Go get it. Okay. Well, we're going to stay in Texas. 
I love it. You like Texas? I think I know where you're going. How, how, how? You knew it had to be the... I, I did. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I ZZ almost, Top. I almost brought this one. Trace it's, Hombres. It's a good record, too, man. And that's my ringtone, yeah. LaGrange. So. Yeah. It's a good one. Waiting for the bus. Jesus just left Chicago. Another one? Jesus just... See, yep. I get two. Two for, for the price of one. Yeah. I'm not even going to charge you. Beer drinkers and Hellraisers. I mean, this is like old classic ZZ Top. This yeah. is the record that I always go to. And LaGrange is probably my favorite ZZ Top song. Yeah. I just, I I don't know. There's something about it. I just love that song. Yeah. Well, it's just weird enough that of course you do. <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's a little off kilter. Yeah. I love it. What's, uh. And in the fine Texas tradition. <laughs> of course. I think there's a. Oh, I forgot this. There's was a, a meal. They yeah. have a meal in the gatefold of this. A That's nice, right. like, uh. Tex-Mex meal. Look at that. It makes oh. me want to go to the Mexican restaurant tonight. Uh, well, it's Friday. I may have to. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can stumble over and stumble back, John. Yeah, I have a beer and a margarita, and I'll be I, happy. I just think that it's so interesting. I mean, this if there's if there's a picture that gives you that like southwestern uh, southwestern Texas feel. Yeah, it's this one. And oh and, yeah, and my version has that too. And then you have the singing the. Uh, singing lady in the picture there yeah that is that is awesome and it's like you said such a great record this is just this is my favorite classic zz top record i i love it quite a bit and yours is in so much better shape than mine (laughs) it's it's not an original but it's an older press yeah it came out in 73 yeah i mean if you think about it 73 because LaGrange was still, I mean, all the, the, a bunch of the cuts from this album are still getting played on the radio in the eighties. They're, they're still getting played on the radio now. Yeah. They're classic radio, like linchpins. Yeah. But I mean, in, in those days it wasn't really classic rock, right? I mean, that's how they started billing themselves as, but they were just linchpins. Yeah. Everybody knew those songs and they were, you know, 10 years old. Yeah. Did we talk about Tres Hombres on the 1973 show? I, uh, I can't remember if we did or we not. We may have. Yeah. We may have. But this is one of those standout records. Like, if you go back, you're talking the huge stars of the day, uh, you know, Alice Cooper, ZZ Top, you know, bands like that, their music is still getting played all the time, every day, on what is now known as classic rock radio. But it was... At the time, it would have been AM, right? Yeah. AM, then Top 40, then it's moved into classic rock. So, And these guys are still out there doing it, too. And they, the first time they played the song in LaGrange, Texas, was at a, uh, a Fayette County Fair in 2015. Oh, wow. It's, it's funny. I mean, that's a cool little collision. If you're, if you're from LaGrange yeah. <laughs> and they're playing the song at the Fayette County Fair and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. They're talking about us. That's so cool. Um, you know, they're, they're one of those bands that has just survived the test. Uh, yeah. Dusty Rhodes just passed away about a year and a half ago, but they were original members until then. Yeah. I mean, just three of them, but yeah, that. And I, I have heard 
interesting things that not everybody gets along, got along great. So, you know, maybe separate uh, tour buses or whatever, but you do what you gotta. There's a, there's a documentary about them and how they got together. It's, it's very interesting. Is it the little old band from Texas? Yeah. Is that the name of it? Yeah. yeah. I've heard of it. I haven't watched yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's really good. And just one more thing. They have a live album. I think that they recorded just before Dusty died. That's them at a little club, just the three of them. Like, and it's supposed to be a really, really great live album. So I'll, I'll try to track that down and maybe do a, uh, impromptu record group. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. That's a good choice, man. My next one, you know, you've got to talk when you're talking about, when you're knocking your records over, you've got, when you're talking about songs about cities, the first one, what's the first one that pops into your head? Manhattan. Yeah. But what song? I don't know. New York, New York. Oh yeah. 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 But not, the Frank Sinatra version, the The Ryan Ryan Adams Adams version. version. This came out in 2001. This is Ryan Adams gold. And I'll tell you what, I know that there's been a lot of like bad press for Ryan in, in, in the last few years, but this guy is, is a master songwriter, a master musician and singer. And that song, New York, New York opens this up and, uh, it's just fantastic. Um, let me bring this up. I have it right here. It's his second record, September 25, 2001 on Lost Highway Records. This <laughs> remains Ryan's best-selling album, uh, certified gold in the UK and almost platinum here in the US, which I'm sure it's made it there. But um, I, I love the cover. Good night, Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Yep. We got another there's, one. There's another one. Um, you know, it seems, doesn't it kind of seem like those more folky uh, Americana type artists do a lot of songs that are um, places, cities, towns, and yeah. Yeah, because they're telling stories. Yeah. They're yeah. more story songwriters. Right, right. But th- this is a great album. If you haven't dug into Ryan Adams, I would suggest this one. He used to be in a band called Whiskey Town, which you used to, that used to pop up on like some vinyl sites a lot. I don't see it. No. Anymore. And I'm pretty sure that, that Whiskey Town record is expensive and yeah. hard, hard to find now. Yeah. But if you dive into Ryan Adams, this is a great one to start with. Uh, he had a backing band called The Cardinals for a while. So those records are really good too. But the more recent record of his, I think, is about four or five years old now. It's called Prisoner. Oh, it's about his breakup with Mandy Moore. Oh. I mean, and it is a heartbreaking record, but just beautiful from beginning to end. And he's, he's, isn't he one of these guys that like, he seem he's like a contradiction because it seems like you hear a lot about him before the bad press. seems like you hear a lot about him, but people don't know anything about him. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a prolific songwriter. Very much. I mean, he's released a couple of albums in one year before. Yeah. yeah. And he also did a version of Taylor Swift's 1989 album and released it. <laughs> and if you, I'm, and he loves, he loves that record. Yeah. And it's his version of it is just fantastic. So if you get a chance to check Ryan out, I, I think anything that he does is good, but yeah, this, this is a high point and starting this record off with New York, New York, and then the, uh, end of the third side, good night, Hollywood Boulevard. We got a twofer. Nice. Yep. Ryan Adams gold.
I love the cover too. Yeah. With like the upside down flag and his red, white, and blue shirt. Beautiful. Yep. That's a good one. Thanks. All right. Well, we did mention the great state of California. Mm-hmm. The Republic. Oh, yes. So, The Doors, L.A. Woman. Um, I love this record. Yeah, and this is the... There's so many things to like about this album. <laughs> the, the I mean, I love the rounded edges. The die cut. Yeah, this reticular. Yeah, where, it's not really reticular. It's like a die. Yeah, let's see. Yep. There, look. And change their pictures. Look so, at that. Woohoo! Black and white. Now we're in color. So cool. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, recorded in West Hollywood. My wife and I went out there for our anniversary a couple of years ago, and we, I saw the the hotel room where uh, Jim lived when they were recording oh, this. Yeah. And the recording studio was right next to this little bike tour place. So, An L.A. woman finishes off the first side a seven-minute 49-second song. Yeah. Almost oh. eight-minute-long song. Yeah. And it's so good. Yes. I, mean, I, I know that there are some people that, like, can take or leave the doors. But, like, when you listen to their later stuff and hear songs like that and where they were going, uh, it, it really is a shame that he, that he passed away. Yeah, and they're, they're, this was probably one of their best-selling albums. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you know, Lover Madly, there's... I, I, but everybody knows L.A. Woman is a door song. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Riders on the Storm, another seven-minute song, ends outside, too. Yep. I mean, they have these two big songs yeah. in length, yep. but they end out each side. It's kind of just peculiar marketing. It is. But you kind of have a threefer here, right? Because you've got America, which opens the first or the second side. And then you've got The Wasp, Texas, Radio. Yes. And The Big Beat. And the big I beat. love that song. And I know you love that song. That's like your favorite <laughs> yeah. Doors tune. It's it's just a great record. Um, these guys, I've said it before, but these guys, when you hear them, it doesn't matter if you've heard the song before. When you hear them, you know it's the Doors. Yeah. And there there aren't a lot of bands from that era that are that instantly recognizable upon hearing. And no. And I mean, it's nobody has duplicated that sound. I mean... It's just a different sound. Yeah. yeah. The organ. Oh, yeah. Ray Manzarek. Yeah. Just the the band, just high, super talented. Yeah. Kind of weird collision of people, and it turned into, you know, what is an iconic 60s group. It's, Absolutely. it's amazing. Uh, one little story, when Bill and I went, Bill Hayes, friend of the show, went into the studio and recorded one of his songs about two years ago, um, there was a 19 year old kid that was an intern at the studio. I, I don't know if I told you this and we, we were recording this song and it's a little blues song. And we're like, well, you know what we could, we could really use some like honky tonk sounding piano on this. And this 19 year old intern sits down at a fender Rhodes and starts playing riders on the storm. The whole thing, the whole oh. intro. I mean, note for note. Wow. Like, well, he might have been 20. Yeah. He was so But he young. was young. Yeah. And he's just screwing around in the studio when we're in between setting some stuff up. And I, I go up to him and I'm like, how do you know that? And he goes, 
it's Ray Manzarek, man. And he's like, he was a music student at, yeah. at, at IU. But it was like being in the same room of someone that can make that sound. I mean, it gave me goosebumps. It's given me goosebumps talking yeah. about it, but it gave me goosebumps. And it's that is such an iconic intro to a song. It might be one of the best. There's another show. Iconic intros. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that's that's one for sure. Okay. And this this thing came out in 71. I mean, Jim would die shortly thereafter, mm-hmm. but yeah. Such a um it's just one of those things that kind of makes you wonder what could have been. Yeah. If but, they could have held it together yeah. because Jim was he was out there. And in the 27 Club. Yes. Yeah, which is hard to hard to imagine. Yeah, it's was, hard to even imagine. He was only 27 years yeah, old. Yeah, like, because you, you think of him being older. Yeah, yeah, with the beard and the yeah. long hair. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Yeah. We almost had a duplicate because I, I was this close to I knew that. I knew you would probably think of it, so yeah, I had I some didn't, other options. The 50th anniversary of this just obviously came out two years ago. I never got that 50th pressing, but I had gotten like a more recent pressing from i think it's rhino because yeah. it's, it's wea so it, it is electra electra right yep yep with the classic e logo yeah, the classic e yeah that's just such a great record man robbie krieger and john Denzel yeah robbie and john are, are still both left yep awesome all right what do you have well i'm going with a band name for this one Ooh, it's a little band now come along with us on this little story it's a little band from scotland that became famous in the 70s and they're named after a place in michigan in the united states and i remember they had a tv show that was on on saturday mornings and this is at the time where they had the plaid and the enormous like bell bottoms uh i i just loved the bay city rollers when i was a kid and uh i love the jumpsuit yeah yeah we it's, need jumpsuits. Well, we could do that. Yeah. Do you want to go with plaid jumpsuits or? I, I'm okay. I, I like the plaid. Uh, the plaid Highlights. fringe. Yeah. Highlights. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a good idea. Maybe we do that. Now, are we going to button them up or are they going to be? Like, no. no. You got to have them. You have a zipper so you can the chest decide. Hair is just yeah. hanging out there. Here it is. Yeah. So this is dedication by the Bay City Rollers. And, See, um, he's he's messing with the zipper right here. Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> what else would you do? This has let's pretend you're a woman. Rock and Roller, Don't Worry Baby, Yesterday's Hero, My Lisa, Money Honey, Rock and Roll Love Letter, Write a Letter, and Dedication. And this came out in 1976 in September, and it was the band's fourth original studio album and the first new album to be released in the wake of their enormous worldwide success in early 1976. So everybody, everybody knows this band for Saturday Night, which is a great song. And, uh, you know, maybe we do a Days of the Week show too. Yeah. Huh? All kinds of ideas All spurning kinds. from this. Yeah. But I just, I loved the Bay City Rollers. They were like one of the mainstays when I was a kid. Just put that eight track in. Because my parents, our stereo had an eight track, a cassette player, and a record player. All in one. Oh, yeah. That's that's the way they were. Yeah. The cassette player was a expensive add-on, yeah. I bet. Yeah, yeah. But and I remember we had an eight track uh, cassette player in the in the station wagon, and Radio Shack 
I can't remember what year it was, but they made an adapter where you could play a cassette in that. So you could stick it in there and put a cassette in the outside of it and play it. Ah, world changing technology. But yeah, Bay City Rollers, man. And I think, I'm pretty sure I got this a long time ago. Um, I think we got. Uh, oh, look at that. We got that's like a live name. performance picture in the gatefold. Look at that's all an impressive gatefold. Yeah. Look at all the people up here. I know. It's like the Beatles. <laughs> the Bay Tolls. The Bay Tolls. <laughs> the Bay City Rollers. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What's your next one? I'll put that in there later. <laughs> I was kind of entertained watching I know. You were, you were just keeping your I mouth shut, it. just watching. Yeah. Next up, our good old buddy who kind of kicked off this whole... Ugh beautiful stage in our life of jay and i digging for vinyl good old bob seeger he's the one that brought us back together yeah after years not i mean occasionally seeing each other yeah. for work i mean bob seeger is the the piece that pretty much vinyl he, ventures sprang he's the from piece of the puzzle yeah we should get bob on this on the show oh yeah how about that that would be a good get oh I'm going to work on that. Tell me about Beautiful Loser. Beautiful Loser. I I love this cover. I do too. Just because it's, <laughs> you know, he's just kind of posing with this top hat and... Baton or... Cane. Cane. He's just got the whole... He probably has on taps too. You I know bet. who I think of every time I see this record cover? Who? Leon Russell. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, did you break into Leon Russell's wardrobe? <laughs> That's hilarious because, uh, yeah, he even kind of looks he like looks Leon. He looks a little like Leon yeah. with the long straight hair and the facial hair. Yeah. 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 It's. This thing is packed with songs. I mean, it is it is packed. And the reason I brought this is mm -hmm. because of Katmandu. I thought the same thing. Like <laughs> yeah. After, after you, we said, let's do cities. And, like, I remember Katmandu. I don't remember it because of just being on the radio or anything, but when the movie Mask came out um, with Cher and Sam Shepard yeah, yeah, yeah. and Eric Stoltz, that song is huge in that. That's like one of his favorite songs in that movie. And that's like the first time I'd ever heard it. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it, it's funny, Seeger songs pop in, pop up in movies, but it they're just so iconic. Yeah that they really fit super well with whatever story's being told. Right. Yeah. He's he's just he's one of he's obviously from Michigan, from Detroit. Um his career took a lot a long time like to get off the ground. And 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 it kind of goes back to that what we've talked about before is um you know, in the 70s you had a safety net as an artist, you know, record companies would see that promise in you and help develop you. And, you know, if your first record, second record didn't do so great, that was okay. I don't think that bands and artists have that, that no. safety net. Anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. And thank God he did. Yeah. Uh, because he's, he, I, he's not my favorite artist and, and it's not someone I go to a lot to listen to, but there are songs of his that like are absolute, bangers that I really, yeah. really love. And if I had this on vinyl, 
I probably would have brought it today. Yeah, and you know, I could have brought the single for Kathmandu, which the B side is Nutbush Nutbush City Limits, which is also on this album. <laughs> is that is is Thundercat Pussy up there? <laughs> You've never been to Nutbush? I <laughs> have you been to <laughs> the yeah. city limits of Nutbush? <laughs> Cause you can go to the city limits but you can't go in i'll tell you what taint somewhere i want to go <laughs> oh boy hey we wonder why we can't get women on the show <laughs> oh we don't wonder um so did you did you mention the other tunes on this beautiful loser black knight Katmandu, J- uh jody girl traveling man mama Nutbush City Limits, <laughs> Sailing Nights, and Fine Memory. Yeah. He's, uh, did you say what year this was? Yeah. 75. S- 75. I mean, he was just like. In the 70s, Seeger was selling out arenas. Yeah. Like, I mean, you would have been, a high, you know, you would have been listening to radio at that time. Right? Oh, he was not somebody, because he was one of the staples of, uh, rock radio yeah. so he was not somebody that he was almost like the enemy for right, me right right just so popular so yeah. ever present that you kind of went it's like eh, i don't want to hear that yeah yeah that's great man that's a that's a great one it's a great cover you know the one thing about old bob seeger records that i have noticed they're all pretty worked oh yeah like at least cover wise now i'm sure that you wouldn't have this if the vinyl wasn't wasn't okay but that just tells you how often people listened to their Bob Seeker records. Yeah, now I'm curious because I bought this early on. After we went on yeah. our little quest. Let's see. Capital EMI. Oh, that's the wrong side. Oh, I'm going out the wrong side. No wonder. Are you going for Nutbush? Or? It's, eh, it's not the greatest. Lots of fingerprints, but not scratched. Yeah, not... not uh, it looks people. like it's been underwater. <laughs> well, it could have been. Yeah, so it's not... I think it played okay. But, yeah, it'd be one that I would replace. Yeah. That's a good one, man. I like it. You, you can't go wrong with Bob Seger. No. So, my next one, and sorry, it's still in the condom... It's a little album that we may or may not have talked about before. It's called The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Have you heard of it? I think so. Yeah. By a by a guy named uh, Kay West. No, Kay West. <laughs> by a guy named David Bowie. And like probably the second song I thought of when we talked about this is Suffragette City. And this is, you know... We did the deep disc dive on this, and and Suffragette City in in the in the story of this, if it is a themed record, kind of is one that doesn't necessarily fit with the other stuff. But man, it's such a great song. I mean, it is one of those David Bowie songs that if I hear it, I listen to it. If I'm listen, if it comes yeah. on and I listen to it at the beginning or halfway through. Because I like the break part where he says, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's like an iconic David Bowie 
record. And the 50th anniversary of this came out last year. Um, I have the 50th anniversary press, but it wasn't in with my other Bowie stuff. So this is just a probably one I got five or six years ago, Parlophone. Uh, we don't have to get into too much detail about it. No, but like, we've talked about this album it's, it's, a ton. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because artists talk a lot about cities, the names of cities, but then city is also... A big part. We could have done just a show on the name city. Yeah, just on city or cities. So, um, yeah, that that was one of the first ones that popped into my head. And I still just love putting David Bowie on the turntable. Yeah. It's like, even if it's a bad press and there are a lot of them out there, uh, he, he's just one of those dudes that kind of belongs on vinyl. Now, his, his early stuff, before he really broke in, have you listened to much of that? A little. I, it's it's very much songwriter, storytelling. Yeah, almost folky. Yes, and very folky. Yeah, like we talked about, it, he was doing more folky stuff. And, Trying to find his place. Yeah, and he was a meme. Yeah. <laughs> or a mime. And uh, yeah, so I think I you couldn't have looked at early David Bowie and been looked at him as a record company executive or as just somebody who listens and go, well, this guy's going to be that guy that is never the same yeah. album after album. And, and although there are things that sound the same, Mick Ronson's guitars, some of the production in that, you know, early to mid seventies stuff, there's, there's a sonic quality that sounds the same, but David was never in no one place for very long. No. At all. And that's one of those things about him that is just so intriguing to me. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a huge Madonna fan. There are some Madonna songs that I really, really liked. She is one of the only other artists I can think of that, that has just kind of been in so many places in her career. Yeah, or somebody like, uh, I, I guess a modern performer that comes to mind is Jack White. Yeah. Because... Jack's tried on a lot of different hats. Yeah. yeah. And he has, you can't pigeonhole him as one sound. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. But I, you know, like I said, Suffragette City, first song I thought of. That's a that's a good one. Thanks, man. Well, we're going to go are you, hop in the boat. Okay. Gonna get, or a plane. You better get your sextant. Yeah. I'll get it out. Okay. Hang on. Uh. Oh, we're already there. <laughs> We're in California. Beautiful. So Everclear, a band from California, Sparkle and Fade. Such a great record. And this is not an easy record to find. No. And I, this is one that I was watching, and for whatever reason, the price dropped. And you snagged I it. I snagged it. Yeah. So Santa Monica. It's a great song. Yeah. It's, it's a great album. I mean, it's... I love the cover with yeah. these baby pictures of the guys in the band. And they're a trio. There's a lot of bands I really like that happen to be trios. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about three guys making music. It just, yeah. it's, I just dig that sound. I do too. I do too. Especially this. This was, what year did this come out? In, was it 95? This came out in 95. 95. Yep. December of 95. So just made it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they are one of those 90s bands, man, that 
that just for some reason almost seemed like they came out of nowhere, but they're, they're an iconic sounding band. And also I think one who in the middle of all of that stuff in the nineties managed to have a distinctive oh yeah voice and, and sound overall. And that's hard to do in, in a sea of, of bands at that time. This looks really nice. This looks like a tip-on jacket. Nice. Yeah. What's gatefold. the gatefold? Oh, it's another picture, and you got lyrics on each side. Yeah, because in 95, I I would suspect that this probably did not come out on vinyl. It was only a CD oh, release. So if, if it did, it would have been very, very uh, minimal. Yeah. Yeah. And this is Intervention. I got an email from Intervention when this got re-released. Uh, so this is from 2015. Yeah. Uh, I remember getting an email from intervention about restocking. I I don't think when it came out, I did, but about them restocking and, uh, yeah, it just shot right up. Yeah. It went up immediately. I mean, it was like above 50 bucks forever. It's crazy uh, how the demand for that, because you think about it, it's folks my age. Yeah. You know, that want that because it what either wasn't available or they didn't they weren't buying records at the time. But it it's a it's a great record. And um, you know, I was I, I was never a huge Everclear fan, but I do love that Santa Monica song. It's just They are the nicest guys in the world. We got to hang out with them at one of the X backstage because we were shooting all these interviews. Yeah. So Heidi, my wife, joined me, and we got to hang out with Art. And it, he was just the night. They were really funny guys. That's cool. That's they had always funny stories about touring in Indiana. Oh, I can imagine. I love the the just the color. Yeah. On the spine, it's a big thick. It's easy to find in yeah. the collection. Yeah. Yeah. Those like this morning, we're doing a bunch of stuff around my house, and this morning uh, was early when I was going through and grabbing my records. I actually made a list yesterday. And uh, so I had my phone with my uh, flashlight on. Just <laughs> my neighbors probably thought that somebody was like breaking in. But I love those ones that are identifiable. Like yeah, that. it's been Easy if it's been find. said once, it's been said a hundred times. But I do. You're up. So we we did a little talking about oh, this record, just a little in uh, in an episode called uh, Led Zeppelin Ranked. And I can't remember. Do you remember what number we came up came up with for physical graffiti? Uh, I'm gonna say physical graffiti I think it was, was four, four, four five. or five. Yeah, which I know that that pained you. Yeah, I wanted it a little higher. Yeah, but we compromised, and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do some more ranking uh, lists, you know. And we're gonna do our artists that don't have that many releases, like Bob Dylan. And <laughs> So the 372nd <laughs> record, I think, is anyway. Um, I, I know I the song "Cashmere" is like the highlight of this record. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of the highlight of the band. You know, from a fan perspective, a lot of people would think that that highlight is "Stairway to Heaven," but I think in that episode you mentioned that Jimmy Page's favorite Zeppelin song is "Cashmere." Yeah, and. You know, that's why I brought it. And again, we don't need to belabor the subject. Everything about this record is awesome. It's, you know, a double record. Uh, it's got 
it's got the die cut things that you can change. And, and these deluxe editions have like a negative uh, image of the album on the back to distinguish oh. them from the other ones. Oh, yeah. This is one I don't have as a deluxe yet. Yeah, you need to get it. If you get it, if you see it for a reasonable price, buy it. Because these came out, I think, in 14, 14 or 15. And, you know, we weren't like neck deep in this thing then. But I, I knew that as soon as these started getting released, I'd be getting these deluxe editions. So Led Zeppelin's catalog, it, you know, 10 albums, 9, 10 albums. And um, there, there wasn't a lot of leftover extra stuff. But some of the extra stuff on, on this are like guide tracks. So there'll be like a, a guide track to Cashmere with no vocal in case you want to do your Robert Plant impression. <laughs> um, but it, it's just a great album. It's a great snapshot of a band that's probably at the height of its popularity. Yeah. And and I also love it because it's <laughs> the, big. The it's size easy of the spine to find. It's very heavy. And uh, yeah, I, you know what? It's Friday night. After I prime and paint all the stuff I have to in my house tonight and wash my hands, I'm going to listen to physical graffiti. Ooh. That's a good Friday night. It is. There may be other things involved. Uh, What's your next one? That's okay. All right. Next on the hit parade, Wilco, Summer Teeth. And the reason this album is here, Wilco is a Chicago band. And, of course, at the end of... uh, or at the beginning of Side Be, C. Yeah, beginning of the second record, Via Chicago. <laughs> so they they constantly, last year, or maybe two years ago, they did a uh, kind of a residency in Chicago, and they had a pop-up store where you could buy uh, even Wheaties that were like Wilco-ies. <laughs> they had all kinds of stuff in there. Your daughter got you some stuff, right? I, I think she did. She yeah. got me like an album or yeah. something. That's cool. From the pop-up store. But yeah, it's the, It's neat to find a band who is really cognizant of where they're from and they pay homage to it constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they do shows in Chicago all the time. Mm-hmm. And they'll do week-long shows at one club. Yep. And the ticket's are gone instantly. Yeah. It, it that is cool when a community can kind of rally around uh, a band and you feel that sense of community through that band and and you know Jeff Tweedy uh, aside from being, you know, a very talented uh, songwriter and artist just, you know, someone who has always kept those roots yeah, planted there. And I think that's great. And uh they they're they're just the Wilco's one of those bands that people follow around like the Grateful Dead. I know. It's crazy. And a lot of uh, a lot of their songs end up in films about or series about Chicago like The Bear mm-hmm. has tons of Wilco songs in yeah. it. The Bear's a good show. Yeah. For sure. So this is also a gatefold. A gatefold. And this is a heavy-duty some bitch. Right oh here. yeah, 
kind of have this artsy out of focus shot on the right and then the uh and then the dudes here on the left yeah i don't i don't know if these are they're they're thick records this feels like a really like well put together package yeah all, we, all their stuff winds up being i mean i mean they have a lot of a lot of dual album packages we may have to uh we may have to do a nice package volume two yeah, show. We should. I, I just like that. A, a yeah. lot of times you have these gatefolds, these double records, and they're very flimsy, but this is like very thick stock, and, and it's you can tell that there's some real quality there. It's none such records, I think, right? Yeah. Yep. None such. You're doing good work there. I'm sure not all the releases are, are this nice, but. All right, I'm back now. <laughs> Came out in 99. Yeah, oh, okay. And uh, you can get a lot of Wilco stuff on their website. That That's one thing we don't talk much about, but if you really follow a band, you love everything by the band, go to their website. I mean, the band gets more money from those sales mm -hmm. than anything. Yep. And you can get a lot of the super collectible stuff on a band's website. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and autographed stuff. Yeah. Like you said, collectible um, color variants. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the bands like these dudes do stuff like that. They're yeah. trying to drive that traffic to their site and obviously make as much as they can from the sales. Because, you know, most of the time anymore, these bands are in business to tour. They're not necessarily selling a lot of music. Yeah. Or making much music from streaming. So. Yeah. So it's support the bands, go to their websites and buy stuff. Even if it's a couple dollars more, hey, you're helping out your favorite band. Yeah. Your local Chicago. Yes. Good guys. That's an excellent one, man. This was their third release. You don't say. You don't say, Mr. Wheeler. <laughs> Their third release, and it's heavy. Yeah, that's a good one, man. You're up. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna just go across the lake uh, to Detroit Rock City. So I get a two for here because they say Detroit and they say city. Ooh, yeah. yeah? How about that? I we, knew you would have this one. You know, I, you had to. Yeah, but you know, you think about it. I don't talk about Kiss that much. As, no. mu as much of their stuff as I have. I probably talked about them more than you. Maybe, which is ironic. Um, but I, I don't talk about them a lot because people that know me know I love Kiss. You know what I mean? Yeah. People that, you know, Keith, Keith knows that I love the Jayhawks. And there, I, there were a couple of years there where he and I were going to a lot of shows and listening to a lot of the music and playing the music. Uh, on our acoustic guitars. I, I don't want to belabor an artist or a band. Now, that being said, this is Kiss's Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> and this album is pretty much their uh, defining album in, in most people's eyes. Not in mine. It's certainly not my favorite Kiss record. But as a song, as a standalone song, Detroit Rock City, fantastic as an album opener, just absolutely fantastic. It sets that stage. There's, if you hear 
this, there's sound effects and, and stuff at the beginning and at the end and through it. And, yeah. and it's, there's a lot going on in it. And, you know, um, King Kelly did the, the cover painting. Um, Bob Ezrin produced this record. And he, if when you, this is the guys playing, this is these four dudes playing on this. And apparently he just whipped them into shape rehearsing and making sure they could play really, really well. And you hear it on a song like Detroit Rock City. It's an iconic song for the band. It's a twofer for us. And, you know, I, 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 I was, I was like conflicted because I'm like, do, do I just go grab the easy one? You gotta have that one. Yeah, I got it. I'm have glad it. you did. And you know, it's a top 100 album art cover. Oh, yeah. I mean that album art, that is who the band yeah, is. Yeah, that's iconic. I, I mean, mean, when you think of Kiss, you think of this cover. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's, you know, other part of the painting on the back. I, I always loved the fact that you had the Gibson and Pearl logos on their records because, you know, Peter played Pearl and, and, uh, Ace played Gibson. Uh, I think Paul did too for a while, but Paul went back and forth, but, um, it's, it's an iconic record and, you know, they're in a couple weeks, they're supposed to be playing their last show at uh, Madison square garden. I do not believe that for one moment, but, Nobody has ever done, but yeah, Kiss, Destroyer, if you, if you want my recommendations on where to jump in with Kiss, hop on our socials and uh, we can have a little discussion. I might, maybe, maybe you could do some uh, album art reviews with some Kiss albums. Oh, there's a lot to talk about there. <laughs> and do I have one more? Yes. One mm. more. All right, so I wanted to keep this one kind of fun. Oh, my God. So. Yes. <laughs> the jazz soul of little Stevie. This is little Stevie Wonder in the wee years. And Stevie has a brilliant song called Manhattan at Six. Mm. Cool. I don't know that I know that song. I I wouldn't know it right away, but I mean, you're going to know it as soon as he starts singing because this, this album kicks off with fingertips, which is a legendary Stevie wonder song. And, uh, I mean, I mean, I don't know that there's a bunch of well-known Stevie wonder songs on this because this is early in his career. I mean, this is very early. This album came out in 63. And he was what? like? It probably says yeah. in the liner. 11-year-old. Uh, he was 11? 11-year-olds. Well, Little Stevie Wonder, the 11-year-old sightless mu musical prodigy of Tamla Records, is destined for great success, says Barry Gordy Jr., president of Motown Tamla Recording Company. Yep. That's amazing. Amazingly talented dude. Um, just, and still around. It's, that's, that's the thing that I think that we take for granted a lot is we still have some of these artists like Keith and I were talking about when, when the new, uh, new old Beatles song came out. It's, it's like, 
it's almost like their recorded music from almost 60 years ago is similar to that of like Mozart and Beethoven and, you know, all of these guys, except these dudes are still alive. They're still among us. You know, they're still touring. Yeah. They're still putting new music out individually. Stevie is too. He's never, he's never quit. No. And the crazy thing about him is he was one of those first dudes that like played all of his instruments on his albums. I, I don't think when he first started, he did. Yeah. But as he got older, he produced his albums. He wrote them. He played all the instruments. It's just great. There's, I, there's a thing on YouTube out there of his um, individual drum track from Superstition. Nice. You should check it out. I love how this is marketed. Yes. The jazz soul. That they, it's like they couldn't figure out quite how to market Stevie. Right. He's like, is he jazz? Yeah. Is he soul? Very Ray Charles feeling. Yeah. Very. That that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And this was in the early days of Motown. It's '63. Yeah. So. Yeah, because they mentioned Tamla Records. Yeah. I think Tamla was much bigger early on than yeah. than they were later. Um, and this is also a cutout. Yes. So, he's he's just one of my favorites. He. You know, he doesn't disappoint ever. No. And, um, you know, what an amazing story for a young kid who who is blind to, to have this many gifts to share with everybody. That's really cool. I I don't see that a lot. Uh, I probably, I, I got this back in, you know, my early record collecting days. And I'm like, oh, I got to have this. I love the cover. Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. You're next. Well, I talked about the top two cities that songs, albums, whatever, named after New York and London. And I know I've talked about Brutal Youth before. Uh, Elvis Costello's Brutal Youth. The highlight song on here is London's Brilliant Parade, where it's kind of like a three and a half minute story song about like his childhood growing up in London. And uh, it's it's fantastic. This whole album to me is it was my deep dive into Elvis Costello. Uh, we got it in at the record store I worked at, and I just played it all the time. I think my coworkers wanted to strangle me. Uh, this just came out last year. A bunch of an MOV. Yeah, an MOV. A bunch of his uh, albums from this era uh, they released last year on MOV, and it it is just fantastic. I love this photo of him on the back with the guitar yeah i everything on here is great they for a while they said that this was his like last loud album because he kind of veered off into some other yeah things but you know the guitars are plugged in here the the band is fantastic and uh, you know you can you can see it's the easy to spine find in the collection yeah red and white and i love this old picture of him and one of his buddies when he was growing up on the front it's just so cool. So, um, you know, Elvis Costello has so many, uh, he's, I call him a genre jumper because he's, you know, worked with Alan Toussaint and, uh, done, uh, classical stuff. He, he learned how to read music, you know, like 25 years ago, he had some hits with Paul McCartney. I mean, he's just, he is, unafraid of, of jumping into anything. And, you know, when you get to a certain point in your career, you can do that. Not everybody is afforded that right, right a, away. ability right away. So, but everything, 
I I am one of those folks that is a fan of all things Elvis Costello, and I and I couldn't not mention that song. If you haven't heard it, go give it a listen. Very Bowie-esque. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he, you know, he's like, I'm going to try this. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, very uh, kind of distinctly British, too. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Uh, you don't necessarily hear it in this singing, but the the attitude, the sarcasm in his lyrics and stuff, it, he, he is definitely a, a, an eccentric kind of British artist. And, and there aren't a lot of folks like that that are still around. No. You know, I mean, he started in 77 and he's still going strong, so... That's a good one. Speaking of still going strong, our YouTube page, it just keeps like the list just keeps growing, doesn't it? It keeps growing. We've got a lot of material. A lot of material, a lot of video snacks, a lot of uh, unboxings. What else are we doing? We're, we're doing, you're doing your art, album art reviews, which are taking the country by storm from what I hear. <laughs> you know? They're interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but... We, we are putting out more and more material for all of you guys to, to check out. And I, I know that we sound like a broken record. Hey? Bingo. Um, but we need you guys to participate uh, with us on the YouTube page. We want you to be on our Facebook, Instagram pages. We, any of the socials, reach out to us. Tell us what you think. Tell us about uh, your favorite songs about cities, towns, or other places. Because, you know, I'd love... I love when we do these shows and we get a couple of those comments because we can kind of go back and forth and compare lists and stuff. But we want you guys to continue to do that with us all the time. We want you to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube channel because basically that channel is the center of the Vinyl Ventures universe. Our, our podcast emanates from our YouTube channel. So please go to our YouTube page, make suggestions, Tell us what you want to hear, what you want to see, even share what you don't want to see. Yeah. Oh, you guys do that too much. Tell us. Yeah. We need feedback like that. So we're counting on all you guys to do that. What else, John? Show ideas. We've had a few of those show throughout ideas. today's show. Yeah. Any, any sort of, you can share your list with us. If you have city and town lists, share them with us. If you want, get your iPhone out and do a video of it. And, uh, you know, yeah. we can, we can trade back and forth that way. Uh, John and I don't do a lot of videos from home and we need to do that more because I kind of like to see people in their, uh, natural, in their natural habitat, in their, in, in the state or in the place where they sink into the chair or the love seat or the sofa and listen to these records. It's it, it, you're, you're getting deep here. I am. I love it. It, 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 there's so much that that tells you about folks. And we'll, and I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll make it a point to do that from home more often for the rest of you. But it's been great talking about cities and towns and other places and things. Right. Yeah. And we know we left Boston off, but we've talked a lot about Boston. So it was kind of done on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I intentionally didn't go to that one. Uh, it's just not hard to, to flip through your records and find places and cities and towns. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty easy to do, but we challenge you guys to take a look at yours and do that yourself. For Wheels, I'm Jay, and we'll catch you all the next time around. It's a-